Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. like to think of performers as these mega stars selling out Madison Square Garden and doing cocaine in private jets. But that's only a fraction of entertainment. For most of it, performers are working out their material in the basement of a Mexican restaurant, or in the back of a pool hall, or on the streets at 3 a.m. because no one will listen to the truth. That's why today we're going to be workshopping material for each other and giving notes. Some of these pieces may change, some may stay the same, and some will burn in a trash fire. That's the magic of entertainment, baby. So strap in for workshopping material on today's episode of The Brighter Side. Yo! How's everyone doing? I'm I'm swell. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm hanging in there, you know, stressed out. Yeah. You know, know, depressed. But, you know, I love everybody. You know, you know, it's yeah. all, I, th- you know I think, you know, sometimes y- you really got to take the bad times and just revel in it. To <laughs> just lay in it like yeah, pig shit, right? Yeah, like, yeah, don't, don't sit there and try to make things better. <laughs> you know, who's got time for that? No. Use it as fuel to fucking create something. You know, at my worst of times, when I got like the show I was running pulled out from under me. This is years ago in like New York City. Yeah. When I was broke, when all of my prospects were gone, I was like, I'm going to write a one woman show. Yeah. And I did. And it fucking got me through everything. And then people saw it. And then I got more gigs. Yeah. So like if I was having I a happy time. I never saw your one woman show. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm, one, I'm working on one again. So today in this workshopping material, I've got a couple characters. I love that. I love that. And what was the name of your old one woman show? Snapped. Snapped. Yeah, it was I me and Cat Toledo. Oh, okay. Well, that's we were, two women. Two women. I know, but she didn't. She was kind of like a pen and teller type. Yeah. So, for example, God, this is going to sound so insane. So there's like this classical music playing, and I was getting up in the morning, mm-hmm. and um, it was like the bee, the bumblebee, fly to the bumblebee. Yeah. And I started orgasming and mm-hmm. like masturbating. You know, fake, not real. Of course, I'm on UCB stage. Yeah, exactly. And then like, you wouldn't have been the first person to masturbate on that stage. Of, though, of course, course, of course. Not. That's everyone who ever got on it. That's right. <laughs> That's how you get on the weekend team. 
And so I start coming and my body's all shaking and I can't stop and I have to keep getting ready throughout my day. Mm-hmm. But like Cat Toledo comes in as like a demon, like a like a demigod yeah. with a feather and like tickles my privates and I start coming again. Oh. And I have to like get dressed and it's all like it's a lot of physical Comedy that's hard to describe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I that's that's I love. Like write a note, to, like write a note to my mother or something. Mm-hmm. I've never had the urge to do a one man show. I mean, who knows when I get older what's going on? Right now, I'm working with Jeff on his. Yeah, you know, and I'll be opening for him at the New York Comedy Festival on November third, fourth, and fifth, and at the three one two Comedy Festival in Chicago wow. on November first. I'll be there if you want to see me opening for Jeff's uh, one man show. Go take a banana plus. for the ride. Oh, um, and also in uh, I'll be in uh, with him doing the show in West Palm Beach on December eighth and 9th at, Okay, at uh, a theater attached to the. So you're working, center. and like you know, you develop enough um, stand up. You can do a one man show of an hour of stand up is a one man show, basically. But like, I feel like there's a difference between stand up and a one man show. Like a one man show. There's got to be a couch on the stage, you know, like or something, you know, like, yeah. You know, there's it's it's more like it's it's more storytelling than it is like rapid fire jokes, right? Like, I think it could be whatever you want. It can be whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. Now, so you want to do a one woman show again, and you, you don't. I, I know. I want to get into before we get into our like workshopping our, our material because uh-huh. I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to figure out a horror movie script. So we'll, we'll deal with that. In a I mean, bit. that's also workshopping. Exactly. Exactly. But I think, um, you know, we should talk about, you know, what, how we workshop and how right. we come up with ideas. Cause I feel like there's a lot of people out there. Like even today I had a very successful entertainer, like hit me up and they're like, I want to start stand up. Tom it- Cruise called yeah. you? <laughs> no, a Disney YouTuber hit me up today and he's just like, I, you know, I want to start figuring out how to do stand up, but I'm stuck in this like Disney rut and no one takes me seriously, but it's the only thing I got going for me. You know, but like I see like because like you get caught in like one thing, but you want to try another. He might be doing the Miley Cyrus thing where he yeah. was doing Disney, but now he wants to be a bad girl. I know. Hopefully. You know, we'll see. But the thing is, you never want you you don't want to, you know, you don't want to like fuck up where you're, where you make your money. You don't want to fuck up where you make your money, but you don't want to be complacent and lazy. Yeah. Because that's when bad art happens. Mm-hmm. When you just sort of like, okay, well, yeah. then you got to still work for it. Yeah. No. And so like, you know, you get people who, uh, you know, they, they hit you up for advice and like, I don't know about you, but like, I'll get random people hit me up and like, I'm not saying don't hit me up. Like, I love it when people hit me up, you know, but it's, you know, they'll hit you up and they'll be like, how do I become a stand up? And you're like, well, you know, first of all, I'm not really a stand up. So you're asking like a person who like, isn't really successful. And, uh, second of all, it's just work, yeah. you know, it's nothing, you know, it's, there is no fast track. No. You have to be an 18-year-old superstar. You have to be Eddie Murphy. <laughs> you know, Ice cream man. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do an ice cream man bit in a red jacket. Yeah, exactly. Or, because he was like 18 when he did that. Yeah. You know, or you fucking work your ass off and hopefully by the time you're in your 40s, you, ha- you can afford to live. Maybe. You know, and so that's like, Dangerfield didn't make it till his 50s. Right. Gene Hackman didn't make it till his late 40s. You know, like you, you just got to like fucking put your head down and work and then you become a master of your craft and that's when the success will come it's an investment you know it's like you know people got no problem 
you know, taking eight years to become a doctor. Right. You know, like it's like it's like that's you know, and I don't want a doctor who didn't take eight years. You I know? just kind of showed up, man. <laughs> I don't want a doctor that didn't take eight, and I also don't want one that took ten. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know somebody that like I don't want to reveal who, but they keep asking me, "How do I do stand up? How do I do it?" And I'm like, "You got to go to Mike's. Yeah, you just got to go to Mike's, and you're going to be in a class together." You know, not officially, but kind of a class, and you mm-hmm. all like kind of graduate together. You get these little milestones together. Maybe someone gets on a TV show, or someone gets a writing gig, and you all kind of come up. And then she's like, "Oh, I hate mics, and I hate writing, and I hate people." And I'm like, "Why well, are you doing?" Then you don't want to do this. What's going on? Yeah, that's what, that's what it is. And like, I had an epiphany recently, and like I would like I'd say right before the pandemic, I, you know, like a professional epiphany, where it's just like I was obsessed with. You know, trying to get staffed as a TV writer mm-hmm. and send it in packets all over the place, and you know, I could, and you know, I caught a couple couple gigs here and there, you know, and like it was nice, and but you know, it, it was like one day I realized, like, oh, I hate TV. I don't yeah. even watch it. You know, like why am I trying to do something I don't like? Yeah, if you don't watch SNL, don't submit a packet. Yeah, no, what's the you don't you don't know what you're doing? Yeah, and so it's just like you got to find your niche. Which is, we're lucky we found this, you know, like, and you like, it was able to like guide me into other things that I wanted to do, you know, but it's like, you have to like go along with the ride. Yeah. You know, you know, enjoy the process. Enjoy the process and also do several things like do sketch, improv, stand up, writing, like every, and this goes for producing, producing, lighting. You never know what's going to hit. Yeah. You never know. Like, honestly, like, thank God, you know, Ryan. Thank you, God, for being here. But like, <laughs> I used to fucking do what you did, and yeah. then try to be funny at the same time. It's it's so much, you know. And so it's like nice to like, you know, you you work out of these things. You have to learn how to do everything at first, and then you can like be skilled enough where you don't have to do it, right? You know, and you got you work your way out of it. And so, and I think a lot of people, you know, I, not to just to reiterate, you know, fuck a shortcut, get great. Yeah. You know, take your time, fucking learn it right, you know, and that way, you know, you can feel confident. And that's something no one can take from you. If you're the best tap dancer, no one can take that from you. Yeah. I mean, they could take away your Disney show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could take away your jazzy outfits, Mm -hmm. but not your sweet moves. That's right. Unless they take your feet. Unless they take your feet. (laughs) But by golly, you get some wooden planks on those stubs and you tap dance. Yeah, you'd be the best wooden tap dancer there is. Yes, be the the boy that's almost woodpecker. Move to a windmill. Windmill. (laughs) Holland with your your wooden feet. Um, Half Pinocchio. Yeah, no, until like, how like other than like what we're about to do like how do you like to workshop your material uh, you know you go to uh, you love mics um well i love new york mics yeah. some mics in la not my fave but mm-hmm. whatever i'm only one woman and maybe i was doing the wrong ones yeah um what i like to do is i'm very talkative and out so i'll I'll be in my room and I'll talk at an idea and then I'll whittle, whittle, whittle it down to like Like small, to yourself? To myself. I talk to myself. All the time. I, it really helps. Like a mad woman. I don't care. Especially if I'm about to go on stage. I'm saying these jokes out loud. You know, it, it's so weird because you say mics and I, I know I've gone to a couple of mics myself, but I feel like sometimes a mic can be detrimental. Oh, and they're not listening and they don't give a shit and they give you bad advice. Yeah. And yeah. then you get in your head about a bit that's already working, Yeah, you know, and then you start scratching it and changing it and shit. And you're like, oh, well, if I never went to that mic and I just kept killing in front of an audience. But that's LA. I'd be in a much better place. That's why yeah. I don't like mics in LA because the comics sitting in the audience are mad 
that they're not up there. There's a really nice, there's a mic called the nice mic, which I tried to bring you to once. Okay. I've only, and I've only been, I think I've been twice now. I've been twice. And it's at this place called the Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And it's the first Thursday of every month. And I love it because they literally, you go up, you got five minutes. It's free. You can donate. You should donate. And you go up and everyone gets a standing ovation. Oh. At the end of their set, and it's very supportive. Okay, everyone's paying attention, and it's like a nice atmosphere. And I, I like enjoy that. going, and so I'm going to keep going to that one, not to blow up the spot, and hopefully it doesn't get too popular because I mentioned it. But the uh, you know stuff like that, I feel like it's good to go to a supportive place, but a negative yeah. place, and also not just a negative place, but. You know, like a place that's not, you know, not listening to you is one thing. I can almost handle not listening to you because sometimes you just need to talk into a microphone to get the feel of the stage. And yeah. Shit. You know, but like when other people are going up and they're just like, and it's like the most hateful material you've ever right. heard. It just makes you depressed. It is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, stand ups are sorry. Open mics are kind of like a 411 mm-hmm. or a sewer. You yeah. need it to happen. You need you need the shit to flow, or else it's going to get backed up. Someone's going to get shot. Yeah. Um. So people need it to happen, but often that means a lot of negative people are there. Absolutely. My favorite mic was it's now defunct, but it was in Hollywood. It started at 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. and it was just all of the vagrants on Hollywood Boulevard that would go up, and you get five minutes. Was baby. it the one at the Hooters? No, that's another one I liked. I like the Hooters mic. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Uh, but this one was, was around the corner in like a little upstairs in like a, a strip mall. Okay. And so, for example, this guy comes on, huge guy, takes off his shirt, and he goes, laugh, motherfuckers. Laugh, motherfuckers. Yeah. And we were like, ha, 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 ha. But that was like every act. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> just pure insanity. Do you remember... Um Oh, what was his name? Was it Psycho Mike or um, something like that? Psycho. Of course, uh, it's Psycho Mike. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah, and he was like, he he had one of those like completely bald, but like a top knot. You know, one of those guys, and he would just go on, and he was covered in face tattoos, and Good it for was him. always at um. Where'd I see him? Ochi's Lounge. Yes. I always see him at Ochi's Lounge, which is now defunct in New York. But he used to just come up. He only did that, Mike. And he would only do Rodney Dangerfield's material. And I remember, like, you know, I love Dangerfield's jokes, you know? Like, and it was crazy seeing this guy do it. It's like, what are you, what's the, what are you doing? What are you, what what are you doing? You're doing an old, you're, you're doing a dead man's material. I think he has to. He <laughs> yeah. has to for his spirit. And honestly, I've bombed so many times at Mike's. Oh my God. I'm a dog shit person. Mm-hmm. It's a, like, I don't want to. Which pat was my... the name of a former show. Of mine. That's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> I never want to pat myself on the back too much with like, well, look how far I've come. Because I mean, I do stupid shit all the time. Yeah. And I, I think another way to workshop your material is you find other people who are you know, trying to work. And we're talking about comedy mostly right now, but I feel like this could be for anything you do. Yeah, if you want to build lamps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You find other people who build lamps and you get together and you fucking talk about it. Like I have an idea and you hold a light bulb over your head. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's very funny. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Where do you see my characters? <laughs> but um, I think that, you know, if you get together, you talk it out with people that you trust, you know, and then you can, you, it really helps you with your, you know, and I try out my jokes with, 
you know, I'll be on the phone with family. I'm like, I wrote some jokes today. You want to hear them? You know, Aww. and it's just like, you know, it's all like, you know, I use it as conversation and stuff well, like that. Well, your family loves you. Yes. I'm very lucky. Yeah. You if know. your family doesn't love you, don't do that. Yeah. No, of course. Of course. And also, <laughs> you know, so, but yeah. And, it's horrible. You I, should kill yourself. I'm just kidding. No, exactly. Have lots of people say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like someone's family that didn't love them. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Okay, great. We're on the same page. And, uh, but I, th- I think the main thing that both of us are trying to s- stress is never stop w- producing and working. And, you know, if, you, if you're in the comedy and you want to figure out how to do more comedy, you know, start a show. Yeah. You know, start a show and then invite other comics on and become friendly with them. You don't have to be friends. You don't have to be like best buds, but become friendly. Be nice. You know, be supportive, and then you will learn more in that process. And it's about establishing a community. And I think a lot of places, you know, a lot of people don't uh, establish that community. And I think that's, you know, and I've been on the road a lot lately, and I've been seeing these communities in other towns starting to really pop up, and I'm loving it. That's great. Yeah, like uh, Denver's got a good comedy scene I was about to say Denver. Yeah, Denver's got a good comedy scene. Uh, Chicago, well, Chicago's always had it. Atlanta's always been great. Atlanta's always been great. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. You know, I always talk about this as much as I can uh, I think I mentioned it to you the other night. Johannesburg, South Africa, great comedy scene. Huh. It was like, and it was very impressive. Like the amount of comics that were all friends and doing shows together. And it's just about like you find that camaraderie. So if you want to start doing that, workshop your shit that way. And then if it's not comedy and it's, you know, for me, horror movies or whatever, uh, you know, talk to your friends about it and see what their ideas yeah. are. Yeah. You know, and then uh, and that's what we're going to do today. How do we say, uh, don't take our ideas? You know, like, oh, uh, you, right. you know, right now, you know, I, I guess, you know, like. I, I mean, no one can actually do, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, we'd appreciate it if you didn't steal our material. <laughs> I think it's a nice way to say it. Well, we're on air now at a certain date, so if anything happens, we can always point to this. Yeah, that's a great point. October 20th. Let it be known. 2023. 2023. If you came up with the if you came up with a horror movie about rabies the next day, uh you're wrong and it's I'm right. All right, there we go. Okay. Um so what are you working on these days? Okay, so ideally what I like to do is think about just things I like, and then it's kind of a big mess, and then I pull it back. There's nothing wrong with that. So right now I'm thinking there's, you know, I'm in a leotard on stage, and I'm just kind of like talking, and I can like, there's a box that I can throw costumes on. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like stand-up, but then I go into a Is it flesh-colored? What it's color? black. Black, okay. 
Did they Blacks go? your color. Because what if I got my period? Oh, that's a great point. You know, now you no one's going to know. On stage for an hour. Yeah. No one's going to know. So I kind of like go in and out of like talking like a stand-up bit and a character. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I'll like say a monologue and then like maybe put a wig on or put a thing on to suggest now I'm character time. Yeah. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's my, my first idea. So I was watching this movie called The Descent, which is a feminist film about women getting lost. Love that movie. What's the sequel called? Make Me a Sandwich? <laughs> now there's two versions of this film about a group of women getting lost in a spooky cave. There's the British version where the women get lost in a spooky cave and they see all these goblins and it's scary and they all die down there. Mm-hmm. It's very British. It's all sad and artsy. But then there's the American version where this woman sees all these spooky goblins and it's all scary down there, but the woman lives. Okay. And that's worse. Well, she asked for directions. That's right. She asked for directions. She asked a man to get out of there. I'm going to write that in there. She asked a man. See, this is why it's important. Man to get out of there. Thank you, Ed. No problem. (laughs) How is this poor woman going to live her life after seeing all these spooky goblins in a scary cave? What is she going to be working at Home Depot? And at this point, I had like a wig on and like a Home Depot vest, right? And I go, yeah. welcome to Home Depot. How can I help you? Paint thinner. It's over on aisle five underneath the monsters. I mean, the goblins. I mean, the ghouls. I mean, the boogeyman. I mean, the pallets. <laughs> <laughs> now, paint thinner is hard to come by. So I'd get to, uh, did you know what a body sounds like when it's being ripped open by a thousand goblins from the center of the earth? <laughs> It whistles like a paint can being opened on a hot day. (laughs) The smell of blood is warm and metallic. So let's get this paint mixed. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm sorry. I was fading out there for a minute. Woo! You see, I got lost in a cave and saw horrors only the devil could conceive. But I crawled out through a pile of bones and I got in my Chevy and I drove away. Now, you want this as a mat base or an outdoor base? Because the outdoor base... Last longer, but I don't. It don't come in shimmery, and I personally like the sky blue with the shimmer. But that's just me, you know. When I first saw the sky after crawling out <laughs> of that cave through a pile of bones, I felt a hand grab my ankle, and I thought I'd get pulled down below again. But I, I couldn't let that happen. I said, "Hell, you ain't gonna get me. You ain't gonna get me. I'm devil. <laughs> I fought the devil, and I won." Now, I'd test this color on a patch on the wall first to make sure it matches with the rest of the room. (laughs) And then we'll give you a full bloodbath. I mean a goblin goo. I mean a dark ritual. I mean a cave sacrifice. I mean a refund. (laughs) You like that? I loved it. I thought it was great. Thank you. Uh, I thought of a joke uh, that maybe you could work in. It's just like, I don't know why paint's so insecure. You know, it just be big. You know? <laughs> Why paint so insecure? Just go be big. Okay, yeah, yeah. I like it. You know, paint thinner. You oh, know. just yes. be big. I like that. I'll put the thinner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe yeah. It's just the the first. You know, area of a joke there. And I'll just kind of throw it away. Like, I don't know why paint's so insecure. Just be big. Just all right. Be, you don't be, need all this thinner. Just get two paint thinners. <laughs> and I'll probably take my time a little bit more and like act a little more on stage. And yeah. I'm sure when I get on stage, you'll think of more, because we're doing a radio show mm-hmm. and, um, you know, acting's a little different. Acting's very different. You want to, yeah, take your time when you're up there, you saunter. Yeah. You know, it's, I think I, I love that. When did you see the, have you seen The Descent 2? 
No. There is a descent, too. Does she go back in that stupid cave? I think it's another group of women. No! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ladies! <laughs> Ladies! <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> go to Vegas or Miami, please! Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's got to be a spelunking joke, because they oh. are spelunkers. It's such a fun word. Spelunking joke. We yeah. all went spelunking, and I thought that meant digging in buttholes or something. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spelunka, this Spelunka. Yeah, yeah. There's got to be, there's something in there. But that's just a great word to use. And it's appropriate for this yeah. situation. Spelunking is the dumbest way to die. Oh, my God. It's the God. most dangerous thing with the most scariest word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just diving into a cave with a rope attached to you and you expect like it to go well. Like crawling through. Yeah, just it's like down there, like the nicest thing you can find is a bat. God. It's the nicest thing. I went on a date with a guy that he has a lot of PTSD from being in the army Mm -hmm. and he would go spelunking but with water, so water caves. Mm -hmm. And he said, I brought a knife with me because if if you get tangled up or lost, you have to stab yourself because that's a better way to die. Oh. And I was like, okay. All right. All right. right, I'll just, you know, hopefully I'll fight to live. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just be up here being a woman that's scary enough. (laughs) Whatever. Oh, my God. I'm glad you liked it. Do you like the because the pattern of I'll just how, how does it go again? Uh, the monsters. I mean the goblins. I mean the ghouls. I mean the boogeyman. I mean the pallets. Should I have that like three? I times? love that. No, I yeah, always three, and okay. then you find it with the fourth one. You know, like because I got a I got a joke right now where I'm trying to figure out if I want to do three fake things and then make the uh, or make the fourth one like the joke or do two because it's the rule of three. Yes, you know three is always the best way to go. You know, but the but at the same time, but then there's the fourth beat sometimes of you know the the punchline. Right, I think it's just whatever's funniest. So tell me your idea, Ed. So I'm like working on. I've been working on this for shit. I mean, it, you know, so many of like. You know, you just keep these ideas in your pocket and you you hope that one day you're actually going to sit down and write it. The you raccoons. Know? You're going to do a movie about killer raccoons. Well, yes, yeah, I'm going to steal Travis Irvine's idea. <laughs> and I'm going to write, not only am I going to take his, I'm going to make, I'm going to remake his sequel. Yes. Yes, to his own movie. That's, I'm going to make Killer Raccoons 2 again. <laughs> um, but I mean, That's been, what a raccoon would do. Yeah. But speaking of raccoons, and I can see where you want with that, I'm, I'm working, I want to figure out, uh, a horror movie with rabies. Okay. And I know like it's been done once or twice before, but I, I had an idea about, you know, like, cause I, my favorite type of horror movies is like, there's like a couple different types of horror movies, but mine are the, like the drama kind, yeah. you know, the ones that are very serious and family based. The shining. The shine. Yeah, exactly. And, you know? And so I like, uh, and so mine's very drama based. And basically my idea is that, you know, rabies, the disease, once you have it, you're dead. Yeah. You know, like once like you start showing signs, like you can like you can get attacked by an animal and you have like three weeks to two months to like even for the rabies to even show up. And you can't drink water and shit. Yeah, no, it's a mess. And then now it's a lot easier to fix and it's so rare and like the chances of anyone getting rabies is ridiculous. But like a hundred years ago, 60 years ago, it was like, it was, you know, an actual problem. Yeah. And then if you, if you wanted to like get like the serum or the, the anti-rabies cure, it was a needle that was like a foot long that they put into your stomach. Jeez. It's the fucking word. And I just like that image, like, 
I was like, that's just so scary to me. Yeah. And so I wanted to like kind of like find a way to like incorporate that as the thing that helps everything become better. You know, like like oh. everything's gotten so bad that that horrible shot is the relief. And they're like, give me the shot. And somebody's probably somebody probably has to take the shot like disgusting. No, oh, for with, sure. With like blood and like goo all over it. And they're like, just give me the shot. Yeah. And so the um the the basic beats of the film are, you know, like it's a you know, it starts off, there's a guy, you know, who's uh he's got a family and a farm. And you find out that there's a, a snowstorm coming in. They're in Minnesota and it's like the storm of the century type deal coming in and everyone's going to be snowed in. And then right before the storm comes, the farmer's son has rabies <gasps> and like, and then like the storm's on its way and like they can't get the doctor to come out to him in time. And then the, the doctor fucking fights through the snow and he gets there and he's like, this kid's got rabies. I got to go back and get, my rabies shot. He's got to go back. Yeah, so he's got to go back to his fucking doctor's office because it's back in the day and like he doesn't like carry around a giant rabies vaccine with him, you know? Yeah. So so he's got to go back and get his rabies shot. And when he's doing that, the whole family is just trapped in the house together with this kid's madness like descending into rabies. And so, and then, you know, like, and I wanted like food to be a big part of the, uh, of the movie, you know, like, like dinner, like family dinners yeah. and stuff like that. And like, you, you will have a nice one and then there'll be one like, cause it's a, a mom, a dad, a little girl and a 16 year old boy. And that's the family. That's the family dynamic. And, you know, there's one, the one dinner where he starts like getting angry, like uncontrollably angry and he doesn't know why, like he fucking snaps at his sister and, and he hits her and then the father fucking beats the shit out of him, you yeah. know? And like, and he puts him up in his room and the kid starts going crazy up in his room, breaking everything, going nuts. And then they don't know what's going on. They, they go to take his temperature and they, they, it's, you have like a lot of it's just like random imagery that I like. They go to take his temperature and it's like a glass thermometer and he just immediately just like chomps on it and glasses all in his mouth and he's fucking bleeding with mercury and shit. And they don't know what to do. He keeps trying to fight the dad and like, they don't know what to do. They're waiting for the doctor to come back. It's fucking snowing outside, like no one's business. So they, tie him to the bed, you know, and they tie, and then he, and eventually he, he breaks out of the bed and he attacks the mom and like, you know, they don't know what to do with this fucking kid. And like, they're, they're just waiting for, for the doctor to come back. And so they end up like tying him to the, to like the, the, um, what the, the heater the, downstairs in the basement, you know, just to like keep him locked in the basement, tied to the heater. And he's just like, you know, screaming and moaning and, the three of them are just sitting there at one point trying to have dinner and just like, and it just like, you just like, and it's their complete silence, but you just hear the fucking screams from the basement and shit. And then eventually like the dad goes to like, find out what's going on. And he's got to, he's going to go look for the doctor. He doesn't know what else to do at this point. And then on his way to look for the doctor, he goes to like his neighbor's house. Who's like two miles away from them. Cause they're all farmers in Minnesota and mm -hmm. shit. And he goes there and he realizes that, that guy's daughter also has it. And so, and they're also waiting on the doctor and the doctor ain't back, you know? And then we go and we realize that the doctor fucking 
slammed his car into a cow and he's just dead on the highway. Oh my God, yeah. Eddie. And so these two dads are going to like find the doctor and like they're in their snowshoes in the snowstorm and like and like you're going back and forth and like both the kids are dying of rabies and uh the button the dads are going and they get to the car and they see that the doctor's in there dead from the car accident and then they see like one needle Oh. And they just like look at each other and then fight to the death for the needle. And then like they end up like strangling one of them in like a barbed wire fence. And then he goes and he like gets the needle. And then when he gets back to the car, he realizes that there was like under the seat, there was just like a bunch of other like vaccines. And oh. he, so he killed him for no reason. And then when he gets back to the house, he realized while he's gone, the kid's like fucking screaming. The mom can't take it. You know, he's, he's just like hug. He's like keeps like she's like looking at her, her son just screaming tied to the fucking uh, radiator. And then like it's just like, you know, heat's coming out. And then, you know, like the kid's like trying to go to sleep and then his face gets burned on the side of the fucking and she can't take it. So she lets him go. And the kid just immediately like bashes her head on the ground till it's gone. Right. And then uh, and then he runs out the front door. Right. You know, and then into the into the snow, into the nothing. The dad comes home, doors wide open. A little girl laying next to her dead mother, covered in blood. He doesn't know what's wrong with her. He fucking is trying to find out if she's wounded. He's fucking so he like like basically, you know, like not in like a sexual way, but like strips her to like yeah. make sure that she's not hurt and then realizes that it's not her blood, it's just the mom's blood. Everything's okay, but now he's got to go find his son. But and then the the son, you know, so he doesn't know what to do with the daughter. So he ties her up in the bed because he's got no one to watch her. And she's like six. You know, he doesn't know what to do with her. And it's like 1950s. And so he goes out and he tries to find his son. And his son's just being eaten by wolves right. at this point. And so now they're getting the rabies and they're going to pass it on for the sequel. And so he gets back and he's just like doesn't know what to do. He just fucking buries his wife in the basement. And then he goes over to the other to the other farmer's house with the vaccine gives it to their daughter but she's like already dead it doesn't matter and uh and then he tells the what he tells that farmer's wife what happened and uh and then it just ends with him going to prison because he killed that man all right yeah 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 all right there we go <laughs> there's the movie great now job you don't have to see rabies i feel like you've been depressed lately <laughs> <laughs> like, is that a horror movie? I, I can it... see it. I can. <laughs> Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. 
I honestly can. And you know what? I picture it as almost like, not Amish, but some sort of religious family. We oh, farmers. for sure, yeah. It's very filmed like The Lighthouse. Yeah. And I could even sense the doctor like walking with a big, I know you said a car, but I could see him walking long shot. He's in all black yeah. with a big suitcase. Oh, for sure. Because it's got all the syringes in it or whatever. Exactly. And it's just hard and everybody's like kind of like a fever dream like it gets a little more faster and feverish the more it goes yeah everyone's because, just defeated yeah but it's almost like the audience itself has become infected with rabies mm-hmm. and I think the food should get more and more disgusting as it goes on well yeah I, and like I'd, I'd written a part where it starts off with them slaughtering a pig right because you know just like because I was learning how they used to slaughter pigs and oof, it's brutal you can only do it in the winter that's right and so uh, yeah and so the, and then you yeah because you keep the meat you mm-hmm. know and like it was just like that they were gearing up for the winter But I feel like the last meal should have like flies on the thing, on the meat, and like some beans that are full of red, like something disgusting and sloppy. Or maybe it's like still kind of frozen. Yeah. And you got it like, and it's like bloody, but like it's like frozen blood. Right. That could be fun. I like this idea. I think it should have very minimal dialogue. Like hardly any dialogue. Yes. Is what I'm thinking. Yeah. And it's all just like action. Yeah, you know, like yeah, no one's like no one's like likable or unlikable. I love this. You idea. know, I think you should treat it as the audience itself is almost getting rabies with the people. Like yeah. it should get more psychedelic as it goes. Ooh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and no one wins. No one wins. Yeah, and then the little girl eventually will have to go live with the other lady, and she just has to watch this kid if she's alive. Well, the uh, the other the there there's one person alive at okay. the very end. Okay. You know, so she'd have to watch the daughter because the father's going to prison right. for murdering the other one. Fucking. I mean, does it have to end with him going to prison? It could just end with him, like, not winning. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. could end with him because prison means some kind of justice. And I think in this world, there's no such thing as justice. Well, yeah, I think that's, I think, like, him going to prison isn't justice because, like, it was like a crime of passion. Like, you know, it's like, you know, he didn't have a choice but to fight this man and he just happened to win. Because I think the other mom should kill him. Whoa. That's what I thought was going to happen. I thought when he'd go to her house, she would kill him. Oh, okay. And I then like he that. kills her and now like both kids are tied up and they're going to die too. Mm-hmm. Like everyone dies. Yeah. We, we got to save the little girl. Do we? I like I like saving a little girl. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, maybe. but she's got, but she's not safe. She's, she's tied has up a hor- in the bed. The rest of her life is a nightmare. Right. Right. If someone can. Get oh, to actually, her she's tight. She's tied up in the bed. She might just be there forever. Forever. Then you get three days before you die of hunger. Yeah. And who's going to go out there in those three days? I think it should be inferred that Whoa. she's going to die. Maybe end it with a little bit of her like in the bed, like tied up with her hand, being like, "Where mama? Where my daddy?" <laughs> Where my mama, daddy, and it just cuts to them being like, "Don't like blood." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> Thank you, folks. So you know, look out for that. Look uh, out for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can see the visuals, and if you go, it'd probably be cheaper to film in like Wisconsin. Oh, for sure. Get Adam to do it. Yeah, no, for sure. For he sure. would love to do that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've definitely talked about it. We've talked. About yeah, it. yeah, yeah. No, it's it's definitely an idea I've been like working on and like you know adding to and taking away for like a decade. Yeah. You know, and so it's a uh, I, I love I love it for that reason. Yeah. Sometimes these ideas like you'll have an idea that won't come into fruition for like ten years from now. Yeah. I mean, uh, Quentin Tarantino wrote Inglorious Bastards for twenty years. Wow. Yeah. Airplane. Took seven years to write. Wow. You know, so it's like you never know what's going to happen with these things. You never know. I love what other that. ideas you got? What I you- love that, Ed. So this is one again with a show. 
Uh, it's going to be lights up. I'm going to be sitting at a table, like a little bitty table, like a bar table, two chairs, two empty beer classes. All right. There you go. Hey, man, um, this date has been something. <laughs> this is it. Oh, uh, yep, yeah, yeah, this is it. Okay. Um, might I ask, why do you, what do you think went wrong here? <laughs> okay. All right, because I don't have a car in L.A. That's a red flag. I live in Hollywood. There's public transportation everywhere. That's gross. I'm not gross. I'm clean. I take a shower every day, man. I mean, honestly, I'm going to be honest. This whole date, you've been kind of pretentious. You've been wearing a mariner's hat and you don't even work at a lighthouse, for one. <laughs> and you keep referring to yourself as, it's Nico, baby. I mean, you haven't asked me a single question. You've been talking about your band for an hour and how I wouldn't get it. And you know what? I think I get it. I think your band kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, your band sucks. No, I won't be quiet. No, I won't. <laughs> Eat your wings. Eat your fucking wings. Yeah. Yeah, and you said you were born in the UK. I don't believe you. I think you're a pretentious liar. I heard your accent go in and out. I heard your accent go in and out. <laughs> oh, fuck me? Oh, fuck me? No, fuck you, dude. Fuck you, dude. I'm too old. You're older than me. What am I going crazy? I'm not going crazy. I hope you die. I hope you die and I hope you shit. And I hope no one remembers you and you die in a coffin. All right, fuck you. I'm getting an Uber. That's right. Yeah, I'm going to get an Uber. Fuck all of you people in this bar. No, I'm not going to be quiet, okay? I am leaving. In five minutes. <laughs> yeah, the Uber says it's going to be five minutes. When Javier gets here. <laughs> when Javier gets here. <laughs> I'm going to add that. When Javier gets here. Says he's got four stars. <laughs> so this is good, because right now I have like, oh, should I get another beer? <laughs> okay. No, I'm not an alcoholic. You're the one in the band. Okay. <laughs> what is that under your hat? I don't know. Um, and I used to do kind of a Russell Brand impression back in the day mm -hmm. where I was like really slinky and kind of led with my hips. It's like, is this part of the same bit? No, this is different. Okay, let's go back to the bit Okay, let's go back to the bit. Okay, yeah, great. yeah, let's go back to it. Because I do want to spend five minutes of just me being like, yep, like you just said. Yeah. He says when Javier gets here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have another joke that I thought would be funny. When you talk about eat your wings, it's like with ranch instead of blue cheese, you fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. I think I, I riffed the wings. I'll put it in here. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. put it at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those stupid, you know, like make fun of like, you know, like. Yeah, you know, the things they ordered and shit like that. Yes. You know, it's like with your IPA. What, so I can sleep next to you while you fucking fart on my crotch all night? Like <laughs> <laughs> IPA. Ugh, IPAs are so gross. Yeah. <laughs> crotch oh, all night. Because yeah. um, I do want to do say some specific things about Nico, which is an actual person I met. Um, oh, okay. I didn't go on a date with this guy. Oh, I thought you were talking about Nico from the Velvet Underground. Should I rename it? Because I did meet a guy on the street. He's like, it's Nico, baby. And he uh, kept saying, you wouldn't get it. I would just, I would like make it clear that his name is Nico. Because I didn't, I thought Nico was part of his band. Oh. I thought maybe his band was named Nico. Okay, or make it clear. Should I just rename it? Yeah, or yeah. yeah I mean, or just the, either way, because if, if you would have said Nick, I still would have been confused the way you like, oh. you know, like, so like, it was just, it's more of like the lead in. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, like make it Nico, baby. You can keep it Nico because you, you then keep it Nico and make fun of the name. Okay. Oh, it's like Nico, like 
the the woman from Velvet Underground <laughs> that fucking died riding her bike. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she did. Yeah, yeah, 1987, she died riding her bike. See, I wish I would have said this to this guy. <laughs> wow. You know, good for her. Um, I did meet, because this is kind of a conglomeration of all these guys I've gone on a date with. I didn't mm-hmm. go on a date with Nico, but I did have a guy tell me it's a red flag that I didn't have a car. Yeah. And he was a cello player. So what's funnier? If this guy's a cello player who was in New York City, who's was like, I even had a car in New York because of my cello. I've First of all, I've seen plenty of people bring their cello on the goddamn subway. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You man up. Pick up your fucking cello. You pick the big instrument. They ain't my fucking fault. You pick the you big instrument. You could play the fucking violin. I didn't, I didn't pick it for you. I got the clarinet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I picked. Should I do that guy or... Sh- that's kind of funny. Or should I do it's Nico baby? I mean, you can Nico the cello could be in his band and like it would just prove that his band sucks. <laughs> man up. Yeah, man up and take the cello on the subway. Oh, great. Yeah. Um because then I was going to for another character later on for like a callback be Nico. Oh, that could be fun. To show up with like a the sailor's hat. Oh, you know okay. What I mean? I like that. I like and that. I wrote a little bit. and But that, I I would need to have some more specifics about Nico. That's why I like the IPA thing. Mm-hmm. So I should, if I do say that, I should come on drinking an IPA. And I mean, come on by like pour an IPA on stage. Because I'm picturing most of it on stage. For sure. And it goes, um, like, this song goes out to, oh, you mature women out there. Here we go. And I'm on like a flute or some stupid instrument. Mm-hmm. You are 26 year old and your eggs have died. <laughs> Don't you know you are still hot in my eyes? My name's Nico and I'm here to stay. I love making music and my hat isn't gay. (laughs) And he has like a hat. And there's like something under the hat, like beans or stamps or something. Well, yeah, or something, yeah, something to, for a, lo- a feather, a fe- like a, a like feather. a feather for luck. Yeah, feather, yeah, but it, you know, like uh, what's his name? With the guy who put a feather in his hat and put called him macaroni. Oh, what a crazy LSD trip that was. <laughs> old feather. People are like, we need to get back to old fashioned values. Put a feather in his hat and called it macaroni. macaroni. Oh, oh man. Um, okay, great. So yeah, I just need to work out more specifics because I really just think it's funny for that five minutes and it's radio, so I don't actually want to sit here for five minutes uncomfortably, but to just actually be like, oh, it says it's four stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. And I want to like yell. Now, my question is, Nico, what's making him not get up and leave? Oh, he's not going to, he doesn't have the money to pay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> there we go. That solved it. Why doesn't Nico get up to leave? He doesn't have the money to pay. There we go. Because I pictured it um, to pay. I pictured it after we'd already settled up the bill. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm like calling the waitress over and he can't leave. I'll figure it out. That could work. I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he doesn't yeah. have the money to pay. I like Yeah, that. just looking at the the bill comes. That's Catalino's part. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't I don't want to like use that of somebody else, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No. Always, you know, if you if you need me to do like any wordless stuff, I love that shit. <laughs> oh, he doesn't but. have the money. Okay, great. Thank you, Eddie. What's a movie of yours? Um, you know. I always wanted to make, and I think I might have like softly mentioned this before, and I might have, 
Did I talk about my Freddy Krueger prequel? You've, I think I've kind of heard of it. Ryan, did I talk it. about that the other week? I think I did. I think I talked about that. Tell us again. It was just basically, it's, I want to make it like a kiss the girls along came a spider detective film. Right. Yes, yeah, I yeah. did talk about this. Yeah, but it is, but it's, you know, the the, mur- the child murderer is Fred Krueger. Because, you know, he's such a sad little childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I talked about that. I talked about it. Okay. Everybody go listen to that a couple of days. Um, you know what else I do is like for jokes and like I, I love, I'll just give myself a topic because something that helps me write is an assignment. You know, and sometimes I have to give the assignment to myself. A lot of times I get it from, uh, you know, whatever project I'm working on. You know, sometimes it's Henry, sometimes it's Jeff, you know, but like, you know, you need some jokes, right? Um, and so I, I like to look through my notes and I just found like a random pile of jokes from uh, we were doing some kind of Jewish benefit. And so there's a bunch of it's from June 29th, 2020. I'm looking at this. I wrote these pile of jokes. And so I love to go back. I don't even know what these are, so hopefully they're not offensive. Uh-oh. Yeah, but we'll see. It's like, uh, it's uh, it's like, uh, and I don't even know what they are. I just saw, I just read the first one, and then I fucking just giggled to myself. It was just like, I eat eggs because I'm pro-choice. <laughs> 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 and it's like I like working with food sometimes, uh, you know, but sometimes it follows you home, you know. And, uh, and then you you open the fridge, and it's just like a guy in a banana suit shake. <laughs> Um, dicing always dicing onions always reminds me of going to the track with my uncle jerry because uh, i usually end up crying (laughs) (laughs) you know matzah matzah comes from when moses was leading the jews through the desert and they needed to make some bread to survive and had no yeast so you really got to do uh, a lot to make it taste good. You know what I'm saying? You know, Jews eat matzah during Passover. Passover is also what you uh, do to the gefilte fish at the buffet. Right. Just pass that over. <laughs> yeah. uh, chicks dig guys that can cook. So uh, most guys learn to cook one thing really well. Uh, so they think they're good cooks. You know, matzah brai is a good dish. Oh, this know what this was? This was we were making we were doing a cooking video on how to make matzo brai. And this oh. is all my this is all the material that never made it in there. Um, so matzo brai is a good dish to make uh, when you're not feeling well because if you sneeze in it, it still looks and tastes the same. <laughs> Did you know that chickens? Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll skip that one. <laughs> Oh my! Uh, staying kosher is hard. You know, I, I have three dining sets buried in my backyard. Sure, it messes with the sprinklers, but at least the gophers have something to eat off of. <laughs> uh, you know, it's important to use a non-stick frying pan. You know, but that's most likely that's most likely what you have. Uh, why would you go to the store and buy a shitty frying pan? Uh, <laughs> Every morning I have a plate of matzo brai and every afternoon I have gout. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that King of the Hill episode where Bobby falls in love with like Jewish deli food? Oh, and he gets gout at the end of it. So funny. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm in a big I'm changing my diet and so we're going to I'm going to I'm going to fight. I'm never going to get gout. That's the goal here. That's great. Yeah, we're working on this. Uh, man, what are these I see I got some random shit that I just like, you know, I don't even know what they are. It's like a 
Uh, this is just madness. I'm just going to read this, okay? Yeah. Uh, you wake up in the morning and you go into the living room and there's two cockroaches that are the size of St. Bernard's. All right? You have a long, grueling fight to the death. The scuffle was so bad, you wake up in the hospital from a coma, handcuffed, when you come to find out that they were just two pest control guys dressed up for National Cockroach Week promotions, <laughs> and you spend the rest of your life breaking rocks with hammers in the desert of New Mexico. What are you going to do? Uh, like I don't even know what that is. That's just something I wrote, and I put in my notes, and here it is on the show. Were you like a chef with a fever dream? This like is- when you slept for 45 minutes? Some of this City. is I wake up and like just like write my dreams down and shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I said 80s hair metal comes back into style and takes all forms of takes over all forms of media. <laughs> I thought it was funny. That would like, be fun, please. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, you're a crab fisherman and your buddy falls overboard. Two days go by. You're certain he's dead. You come across him floating on a bunch of old wood. You fish him out and he's surprisingly fine. He gets back to work, but when everyone goes to sleep, he lets all the crabs loose because the man you rescued wasn't your friend at all, just a bunch of charismatic crabs wearing his clothes. Oh, wow, Eddie. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to write it out. Yeah, I don't even know what this shit is. Uh, was the Calling cops uh, good apples and bad apples is offensive to apples. <laughs> they that's, didn't ask for this. They're just trying to keep the doctor away and make teachers happy. That's really funny. <laughs> you should keep that. Yeah, I should keep that one. I like that Star one. Star that one. Yeah. Uh, it's like I was watching that Jeffrey Epstein doc. What's it called again? Oh, yeah, The Apprentice. <laughs> like, I don't even like it's just so much random shit it's just like I had one the other day that it was like you know it said uh, cheeseburger hot dog ha 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 and like, I'm like what is that what am I doing what with is that? That? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh right okay you go and then I got one more and then we'll finish okay like, I got a couple this is more like ideas I also look through some old stuff mm-hmm. um, so some characters and a quick idea I don't have it all written out um, a rent renegade accountant who's like I do numbers my own way get ready for prime time because this odd number is going to kick math in the solution (laughs) (laughs) is that funny I love that okay I'm going to star that one Um, another one um, it's again I don't have the character for it but I have the intro okay so Mm -hmm. one time I went to an audition with an iced coffee and a dream the iced coffee gave me diarrhea and the dream made me polite about it so I walk in and I say excuse me and before I can read can I use your ladies room which was right by the cameras so I go in there for like 10 minutes and I'm sweating and stinking up the place I haven't even auditioned yet So I get out and I read this romantic comedy and I'm just full of sweat and diarrhea. And so I just like spray like bottle spray stuff on me and then like dishevel my hair and I come out and I'm like, Romeo, Romeo. Okay, so that's not as funny. I won't star that. I like it. No, no, everything's got legs. You know, you can't just dismiss it immediately. Right? Okay. You got to, sometimes you got to think about it. A lot of times when people, like pitch something or tell me a joke they're working on. Like I don't laugh. It's because you're thinking. My, yeah, my my gears are turning. I just think it'd be funny to do a romantic monologue, and yeah. I'm just like covered in sweat. Yeah, and just trying to fucking just trying to find Get the toilet through my day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Romeo, oh, Romeo. Yeah, I think farts. I think you need fart sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. in my in my actual thing that happened, I did go to the bathroom and there's diarrhea smell everywhere. But mm. what if I think it is funnier 
if there are fart sounds. Yeah. Romeo, oh Romeo, where for out, where's the bathroom? There <laughs> where, we go. You know? <laughs> oh Romeo, where for out is the bathroom. Uh, yeah. Um, is the, uh, and I'm going to write in, um, what did we say? Oh, I haven't gone to the bathroom yet. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like a love, you're like trying to confess your love because this is like your moment to confess your love, but you also just, you're about to shit I gotta your take pants. a shit. I'm about to shit my pants. Yeah, 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 yeah. Should I do Romeo, Romeo, or should I write my own? I mean, you could just make, you can take the energy of Romeo, Romeo, and if you want to change it to another person, you do it. I think I can do Romeo, Romeo. I think it works. I don't know why, you, yeah. I mean, it's, at this, it's not like it's copywritten. Oh, Yeah. Can I just do it? Yeah, is Shakespeare going to come crawl out of his grave and stab me in the face? You know what? I think he stole it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Moliere, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go. There you go. It's up for grabs. Oh, I had one more idea that I liked. It was uh, another horror movie, but like a horror comedy. And I kind of have like what I think the first act would be. And it's called High Spirits. And basically the gist of it is that it's just like an idea I've always been obsessed with. And that's that uh, the more stoned you get, the less able you are to see ghosts and paranormal activity. Right. Like how weed is like a block for that, you know? And so I, this idea for a movie called high spirits and here's act one uh, or, you know, like the, my first draft of whatever, the idea of act one would be without dialogue, really. Um, a hotshot young exorcist priest has become world famous for his unmatched ability to expel demons and talk to the dead. Uh, movies are being made about him. He's on the cover. He's on the covers of all the top magazines. Garth Brooks wrote a concept album about him. Uh, album about him. Uh, the popes have been invited to the Vatican. You know, he's a real life agent of God. Ghostbuster. All right. Everywhere he goes, all he sees is ghosts. And at first he likes it, you know, but after a while it starts to take his toll on his psyche. You know, all this could be explained by like an, in, a fake inside edition or 60 minutes piece. Uh, we see him and all the other priests watching TV in the rectory and they're mostly in plain clothes, but uh, little things to let you know they're men of God. You know, the nuns are all watching in the nunnery, cooing with admiration. And it's a long, great priest, bishop, cardinal party celebrating him. They all leave. He hugs them goodbye. And everyone's way too drunk. A few priests linger behind, but they're not really speaking to him as he walks past them. You know, we see that they're all ghosts. Oh, a noose is around one's neck. One of them has a crucifix sticking out of his chest. Another is smoking a cigarette with a hole in his throat. Uh, the priest goes upstairs and begins to get ready for bed. He has a shower. In there, there's an old man in the shower with him. He turns around and the old man passes him a bar of soap. <laughs> we see we see the old man is, is checking out his naked body. The old man turns around and there's a massive exit wound in the back of his head. He's just surrounded by ghosts all the time. Oh, and he doesn't even he know. He doesn't even know that they're, he like half knows they're ghosts. He's just like one with the other so side. So Seth, um, what's his face, does this? 
Um, <laughs> oh, Rogan? Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah, except he's Jewish. Um, oh, okay, a young, a, so the young hotshot priest makes it back to his room and he opens the door and there's a man in his bed. Uh, he points to he he points at the door and the man gets out of his bed. Uh, his legs get out of fir- bed first and run into the wall and fall down. <laughs> And then they come back and get the upper body and they leave. Uh, They're outside the door and the priest puts holy water on the doorway and blesses it so the spirit can no longer come back in. The priest says, good night. The legs walk walk away one way down the hallway and the top goes the other way and falls to the ground. The priest just turns out the lights and he cries himself to sleep. The next day, we follow him on menial tasks, grocery store, dry cleaning, priest robe, pickup. Uh, he gives last rites to a dog getting euthanized at the kennel. Uh, we see him in, in every, we see in every dog cage, there's over 10 dogs. And, and then we see from the other worker at the, in, at the pounds, uh, that in their, in their eyes that there's only one dog in each cage or none at all. Uh, but he sees, you know, all the ghosts, you know, and so he goes back to the church and he's informed of an emergency exorcism down in Atheist Town. Uh, he Atheist hates, Town? Yeah, he hates Atheist Town. Oh, wow. Uh, he goes there three times a week expelling demons. It's a mess down in Atheist Is Town. it like Berlin or something? Um, I mean, it's just, it's a fake place, you know. Okay. It's like, I imagine it's like Atheist Town is like a, like a bunch of apartment complexes where everyone's got laundry hanging out the front door. Is it like Dark City? or something? I, it's, yes. It's very Dark City. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's got that energy. But uh, this one's too much. He enters the apartment building. There's blood everywhere. The demon got inside someone's head and they shot up the entire apartment complex. Dozens are dead. The place is surrounded by cops. The all, all the cops know who he is. SWAT with shields lead him through the apartment complex. He's very, he's visibly depressed. He's out of energy. He has no time uh, to deal with this. He also, uh, but he also, you could tell he has no fear. He's just exhausted. Mm. Uh, and so we hear screams in Latin from all different voices, demon-like voices, old lady voice, children, men, German, Native American. American. Uh, the demon has the souls of, of many inside of him. The priest walks up past the SWAT team and then they try they try and stop him and the priest casually waves him off. He's like, we, we see the shooter. It's David Batista-sized crazy man, you know, veins sticking out of his neck and arms. Uh, you know, he's been shot several times, but it doesn't seem to matter. The demon points an AR-15 at the priest, but he's unable to shoot for some reason. But it only enrages him further. He levitates and soars towards the priest. The priest pulls out a cross and punches him in the chest with it. His his whole arm goes through the man. The possessed man let out a scream that sounds like an army screaming all at once. The priest removes his hand. It's covered in black blood and his cross is gone. The demon's chest cavity closes up and starts and he starts laughing hysterically the priest reaches in his bag and he pulls out a super soaker of holy water and he begins to fire it at the demon the demon uh the demon hits him and flies across the room the super soaker breaks into pieces on the door the priest the priest is down but he's not out the demon stares at him from across the room the priest finally has shown a, a little bit of fear uh the possessed man then spontaneously Combusts and begins to walk towards the priest. The priest looks at the table next to him. There's a glass bong on the table. 
He quickly blesses it and throws the bong at the demon. It breaks over him and, and, he's, and the demon starts screaming and the fire goes out and the screams slowly turn into a demon voice, uh, to a man's voice, and then drops to the ground. And the priest crawls over to the man in the destroyed apartment. The man's dying in his arms and coughing up blood and the priest gives him his last rites. The man thanks him and he dies. All right. The priest then gets up, walks out of the front door. There's bodies everywhere. It's a fucking war zone. All right. The cops or firemen, they start applauding and congratulating him. You're the hero. Thank you so much. You saved the day. You know, he gets he gets in his modest car and he sits there and he begins to weep. The police chief knocks in the window to say thank you and asks if he's OK and hands him a handkerchief. Uh, the priest gets out of the car and gives him a huge hug and falls to pieces crying. Uh, he gets back in his car and we see him drive off from the chief's perspective and immediately crash into a light post. Paramedics are there. Uh, it appears that he has had a heart attack. Mm. The priest is in the hospital. Uh, he's woken up in a room full of people crying, concerned for his well-being. A nurse walks into the room uh, and alerts the doctor that he's woken up. We notice that there's actually no one in the room uh, but him and the nurse, and they were all spirits. Everyone that was there crying is just a bunch of spirits. Uh, the doctor comes and, and tells him uh, he can no longer physically fight demons or have any contact with any spirits from the other side or he'll be joining them soon. The hospital chaplain walks in, an old man who's seen it all. He explains to the priest that he used to see spirits and demons. Uh, the priest had actually heard of him. He used to be a famous exorcist himself. The priest seeks advice from him. Uh, he, he tells him that he had the same problem and he, and, he, and, he, and he had to stop speaking to the other side. And the only dim, uh, and the only way to dim your paranormal senses is to smoke marijuana. Lots of it. The chaplain opens up a Bible and it's hollowed out and has a bag of weed and a grinder and some papers. You know, the chaplain rolls up a doobie, sparks it up, and, the, and then we start seeing the people in the room slowly start to disappear when the priest starts smoking the weed. And then, uh, he, and then the priest takes a hit, and then one after another, they're gone. He's free. And then he gets hungry, and the, and the chaplain gives him a commuter, uh, communion wafer. And the priest's like, this takes like shit. And then uh, the chaplain pulls out a jar of peanut butter and jelly, and they make sandwiches and enjoy. And then that would be the opening credits, kind of. And then Opening uh, credits. Opening. Now we're getting to the open. That's the opening credits. Oh, got it. Okay, so I do love the fact yeah. when a movie gets to the fucking point. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, and, like, I love it when, like, it starts off with action. Mm -hmm. So, like, you're saying in, like, an elevator pitch comedy— this is a stoner horror movie. Yeah. And this priest sees, like if we're doing an elevator pitch, so we're really yeah. short. So this priest is seeing all this fucked up shit and then he has to smoke weed and then you slowly start seeing people come away, go away because yeah. they have been demons the whole time. Yeah. And so for the rest of the movie, is he just like having to smoke weed to like yeah. solve all the problems? So we open in credits, it opens, he's renting bikes on Venice Beach, getting high, selling weed, you know, just like a normal everyday dude in like a flower shirt. And, yeah. then, and then he sees one of the people that he saved uh, on the beach and then her daughter, just by random chance, she runs into him and, and her daughter is now possessed and she wants him to come back and help and he refuses. He's out of the game and shit like that. Right. But, but the then he realizes that the only way to kill the demon is weed. 
Right. Okay. And so he so, has to get the little girl high. Get the little girl high. Oh, perfect. <laughs> you have to get these people high. Get the children high. But it starts off with the gore and the craziness. Because I like yeah. a bam. I like a bam. Like when you said the legs walk away. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I can see all this. It's almost sort of slapstick horror. Yeah. It, but it's still very scary. Mm-hmm. And then like now I got to smoke weed. It's almost scarier when the people keep floating away. And I feel like he should have like... Well, priests don't have girlfriends, but like some sort of partner. Well, after he's gone, he's out of the priesthood. He's out of the priesthood? Yeah, so he uh, should. He can have whatever. You know, I think if he has a girlfriend, I love this idea. Yeah. I haven't thought about this yet. If he has a girlfriend, it should be some fucking hippie chick who sells weed. But then she should be a demon at the end. Whoa. So okay. like somehow she should disappear. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Okay, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because, yeah. Cause... Maybe he sobers up and all the fake ones disappear. Ooh, interesting. And it's, it goes the other way on it. Yeah, I because like he's just been smoking too much weed and he's surrounded by just like, not weed smokers are assholes, but, you know, Venice Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's very stereotypical, you know, stuff like that. And then hippy maybe, dippy. Hippy dippy. And maybe the hippies sort of become the demons. Yeah. Yeah, and like it's always like the straight edge shows are where all the demons are and stuff like that, Fuck and the ghosts them. and stuff like that. You yeah, know, but you go to an Almond Brothers concert and it's just chill. It's just chill. <laughs> all right, that's that did feel like a fever dream. Yeah, no, exactly, like it. it is. Yeah, no, it's very, it's very uh, loosey goosey. Okay, obviously, it's those are. Uh, Obviously, loose thoughts just thrown together. I'm glad you read it. High spirits. High spirits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> that would take a little more money to come up with, but you can come up. It's, it, I don't even care about that. You write a good enough script, you figure it out. Yeah, you figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I was talking to somebody the other day, and she was like, oh, I want to go visit this girl in Australia, but I'm so poor. And I'm like, you now have a want. Yeah. You have something you want. You can find the money. That's the finding the money is the easiest part. Yeah. Having a want and a desire in your life, that's the hard part. Yeah. I mean, the way I look at it as far as writing and like I try not to keep like budgets or anything like yeah, that in my head because like you can always scale back, you know, and you can't figure out what the hell you're doing. You know, it's not like fucking Jim Henson ever had a huge budget. No, I will say for live shows, because I used to do prop comedy. Yeah. And then one day I was walking through a blizzard and I was like, fuck this. And I threw it. I threw my suitcase <laughs> in a trash can. So I'm definitely like conscious of like, what do I need? I think yeah. it just depends. But you know what? You're absolutely right. Never think about a budget yeah. when you're writing a film. Just write it. I'm definitely a little paranoid. Put my ideas out in our podcast like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm a little paranoid too. Is somebody going to steal our shit? I really, I think we're on the honor system here, and and know that if anyone steals it, uh, they're not going to do it better than us. No, and I wonder if like, and I'll come find you. I'll come find you. <laughs> I wonder if like talking about it so much is bad. I don't know. Instead of just doing it, I think we should do Brighter Side Live more often. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to for sure run these characters on the show when yeah. we get back from Beach Blanket Bingo. Yeah, no, then we're going to start all over. We need to find a new venue for yes. us anyway. And I think I want to keep it in the valley. And I, I want to do a big LPN Christmas show too. I like Lyric Hyperion. Yeah. I love that stage. I know, but it's just and like And I think we can get the P- I know it's a little far for you, not far for me. No, you know, it's not it's it's not that as much as it's like uh, you know, we you know, there were you know, the brighter side shows as much fun as they were, they weren't always packed. You know, and so Lyric High Period, it's a high you know, we gotta make sure we fill that fucker up. I think it's like thirty people. Oh no, it's like a hundred. No. I was just there. The lyric? Yeah. Am I talking about the same place? The one that has like a little coffee shop out front? Yeah. Yeah, it's a hundred seater. No, that's not a hundred. That's a hundred. Let me look this up right now. How Lyric Hyperion capacity. Here we go. Let's see who find it first. I'm not looking. 
On <laughs> <laughs> capacity. Here we go. Lyric Happy Theater Cafe, event detective. This is 75. 75. I All think right. we're in the middle. You know, I did have an idea. What was one of mine? Um, before the internet, if we wanted to know something, we'd have to go to the library and ask one mad older woman for help. Yeah, or call people. Or call people. I like to go and ask that person stuff today I look up on the internet. Like, excuse me, can Dracula sleep on his stomach? <laughs> oh, the library's just for porn now? Okay, I gotta go. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. Thank you so much for uh, listening to Amber and I work out some material and talk about working out material. I hope you all stay creative. It really helps. Even if nothing happens with any of this ever, it's just, it's good to put it out there. It's good to stay creative. It's good to like, just, you know, like know what you're working on on and feel it in your fucking heart um thank you so much for listening to us uh, you can check us out on instagram amber smelson eddie tunes the brighter side lpn on x it's amber smelson and brighter side lpn today's beach blanket bingo baby if you're listening to this in the morning um go ahead and you're in san diego come see us if you're not and you still want to watch the show you can watch it online uh 15 i believe and you could get your tickets your online tickets on lastpodcastnetwork.com and you can watch the show live from the comfort of your pajamas. Uh, we got Patreons. Amber, what's going on with yours these days? Um, I'm Amber Smelson. It's a way to support me as an artist. Also, I put a lot of my writings, like I said today, I've had it on my Patreon for like a couple weeks. Like people have like commented on it. That's amazing. I love that. Um, I'm patreon.com slash Tunes. I put a lot of Spotify playlists on there um, that are also on Napster and Apple Music. If that's what you listen, if that's how you listen to music, um, they're there. And if not, you know, you could always hit me up and I'll give you the list of songs and you can go make it yourself or whatever the fuck um also i've been um making playlists for people for 50 bucks i got an order in but i haven't got any confirmations from them so i'll talk to them a little bit later but i've made a couple i'm going to release some of those on my patreon in a little bit so you all can enjoy that i made a mushrooms playlist for two dudes to go fucking trip balls to oh they were like yo we took some mushrooms and we listened to dark side of the moon can you send stuff like that and i was like easy bro i got this <laughs> That's what you uh, yeah. live for. <laughs> so check that out. Um, you could still rent or buy How America Killed My Mother at HowAmericaKillMyMother.com. Uh, someplace underneath, still going, still rocking. Uh, also going to be a part of the uh, of the uh, LPN Beach Blanket Bingo. It's going to be really silly. We're not going to do a, like a serious tone. It's going to yeah. be fun. It's, it's a fun show. Yeah. You save that shit for the podcast. Exactly. Um, you know, but uh, it's, it's a great show. Everyone needs to be listening to that show. It's unbelievable. Uh, sticker giveaway. It's happening, baby. I don't think, you know, what are we doing here? Um, you can go ahead and uh, mail us a self-addressed stamped envelope to the Brighter Side Care of LPN, P.O. Box 470, North Hollywood, California, 91603. Um, if you want uh, a sticker and don't want to send us an envelope, just direct message Amber or I, and we will get it to you eventually. Um Thank you to our editor, April, Madeline, our uh, photographer, Ryan, our, our ones and twos man, and Maddie, our social media guru, uh, for all the work that you do to make our show fucking cool. And you know what, guys? You know, I love the brighter side. 
And I really, you know, we need, go ahead. Could you do us a favor? And if you like the brighter side and you live for it, fucking post about it occasionally. Yeah. Get us some more listeners. I want to bump these numbers. This, You know, the po- the world needs a little positivity right now. Fucking everyone's so negative and sad and there's fucking 10 wars going on. And, you know, just like, I like to keep it positive. So Throw it out there to your friends, anyone you think might like it. Post about it. You never know how much the reach goes. Re- write us a review on Apple iTunes. Just uh, anything to like uh, to to bump us up a little bit. We'd appreciate it greatly. And taking us out today is an amazing song that Amber hit me to. It's called Los. Oh, the band is Los Psychos. S. A-I-C-O-S and the song is called Demolition is from 1964 it's a fucking banger I used to listen to this in Bushwick and just fucking hot sweaty dance I love this shit this is the kind of stuff where you can fucking really just like you you can either you can get drunk to it or you can you know you can just break a bunch of shit and I think it's a lot of fun you guys live your lives I love you be good to yourselves everybody Los Psychos yeah This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Ross has all the spring deals you want, so you can say yes to more looks for you and your budget. Tube tops for less? Yes. Dad shorts for the weekend? Yes. Mini skirts for less than online? That's a yes for you and your bank account. Find your certified yes for me moment and save 20 to 60% off department store prices every day at Ross. Hurry in for spring deals today. Items and styles vary by store. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.